They're, they're such a great sponsor. I love they them. They are. They are. They're a good sponsor. And Mobile Coach does a great job of helping sales reps get better at what they do because they engage them where the sales reps are. You and I have talked about uh, the lack of email responses, mm-hmm. but typically you get a text message, you're going to respond in just a matter of seconds. And that's where mobile coach really hits hard. Quick response, mobile chat, and makes it really convenient and engaging for the reps. How much does a rep have to do to set everything up? How much does a rep have to do to stay on top of mobile coach? Oh, nothing. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it, has, it has to be set up at the corporate level where they mm-hmm. put in all the information, but it's a chat bot. And so, you know, if I'm a representative and I get prompted now and then, uh, either a question or something, and I just send it a yes or a no or a quick answer, then it'll respond. And it's just a couple minutes a day. It's like literally two minutes a day. And that can keep everybody up to speed. Awesome. Awesome company. Awesome. Awesome sponsor. Thank you so much, Mobile Coach, for being a sponsor of The Selling Podcast. In this week's episode of The Selling Podcast, we continue on from where we left off last week, which is me trying to convince Mike that solution selling and product selling has gone by the wayside. We've entered into a new territory, which is service selling. And I still don't have my convince, and that's okay. This week, though, we're going to be talking about becoming a rep for tomorrow's business. What does being a service rep look like, and what does it not look like? All right, we're recording. With over 50 years and millions of worldwide traveled miles between the two of us, we have tasted defeat and relished in sweet, sweet victory. Looking for inspirational entertainment, motivation, and practical insights to drive your business? Welcome to The Selling Podcast. Now, I wouldn't say you don't have me convinced. I I completely understand where you're going with this. I'm just having a really hard time letting go of of some of the older uh, thought processes, shall we say. So, Mike, explain in in your mindset, explain what being a service seller is. Why should I explain that? I think that's your obligation. Because I, I want to make sure that I want to make sure that I explained it correctly. <laughs> okay, so the way I see it, as a sales representative, the traditional approach is I meet with a customer, I ask very good investigative questions, I find out exactly what your burn is, what the pain points are, and then I go back and I formulate a solution and I offer the solution. Here it is in this product or this service. As your as as you are positioning, as far as I can tell, is I do the same thing, but then I, I go back to you as the customer and say, okay, Scott, as a customer, here's your solution, here's what I'm presenting, and here's how I'm going to help you roll it out. That makes sense? Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Let me give you another example because everything, yeah, everything you said is spot on. So today I had a conversation with a distributor, one of my distributors, and my distributor said, hey, I have a huge deal that I'm working on. They want to meet on Tuesday. And I said, great. Now, mind you, I haven't spoken to this distributor in about a week. Mm -hmm. And I had to let the distributor know, say, listen, here's the internal workings of here's what's going on. Right now, we're doing a full reprogramming of the software that we're using. So right now might not be the best time or it might be the best time depending on what the customer is looking for. And once again, the customer in their mind right now has a solution already in place of what they think their next year is going to look like. 
Mm-hmm. They're, they've reached out to us because they know what we deliver. And they've said, we like your potential solution. We want to put it in to our platform. And now for me, my job and my distributor's job is to now service everything and put pieces in place of, okay, here's when it should start. Here's when it can't start. Here's what's going to be best implemented for what you're looking for in your mind. And this is where I fall down because I'm so hung up on the title service. And I know we were going to come up with a different acronym or something that can uh, help me get over that hurdle. But we just to clarify for everybody on the other side, on the audience side, what we're talking about as service is not the typical, I'll pick this up from you. I will deliver that the hands-on kind of service. It's really kind of putting the pieces together, putting the pieces of the puzzle together so that I'm actually helping enable the process from a customer perspective. Correct. And to double down, Mike, on what you're talking about, I will say it's not being reactionary, but being proactive. Mm -hmm. If you think being a service seller is being reactionary, you're missing exactly what we're talking about. A service seller is somebody who's proactive, going out and fixing pieces before they're actually broken. And to your point, it's not dropping things off. It's just connecting those loose ends from the provider to the recipient. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's proactive sales. Proactive sales. I'm fine with that. We spoke last week about Harvard Business Review, Sarah Green interviewing Matt Dixon. They had a great piece. I want to play a little piece about what Matt said are the most influential reps. And then lastly, you've got hard workers. So hard workers are the kind of show up early, stay late sort of sales reps. They will place more phone calls than anybody else on the sales team, very open and eager for feedback, but they really treat sales like a numbers game. Mm. And what we found is by far and away, the top performer in all of these, across all these five profiles, when we look at sales performance is the challenger rep. It's the one who can show up with a unique perspective and be provocative and push the customer outside their comfort zone a little bit. So it really ties back to that loyalty work we talked about before. And I think just as surprising as it is that the challenger wins, it's just as surprising to know that the relationship builder, in fact, comes in last. Mm. They constitute the smallest percentage of all high performers. And the gut punch for most heads of sales is that Ironically, this is the kind of salesperson we've been out there looking for. If you look at our training and coaching and the kind of culture we build in sales organizations, it's all geared towards relationship building, to sitting on the customer side of the table, doing whatever the customer needs, diffusing tension at every turn. And we find is that these guys aren't getting the job done and especially fall short when you're trying to sell disruptive solutions, things that really require the customer to take almost a leap of faith and take on some risk. In that world, you've got to have challenger salespeople who can push the customer outside their comfort zone. Ouch. <laughs> I mean, that, that hits you right where you live, doesn't it? Because that's, he's right. I mean, traditionally, that's everything that we build our, our sales force on is developing listening skills, developing all the soft skills that we talk about. And I still think those are critical, mm-hmm. but I can see his point. What he's talking about here, I got the feeling that it was challenger as the type of person that a rep should be. A rep should be pushing, should be trying to push the the customer in, in certain areas that might may or may not be out of their comfort zone. Where we've typically focused on relationship and through our good relationships that you know we'll be able to get the sales. I completely agree that the buddy-buddy selling is over. And I loved selling in South Florida against the buddy-buddy salesman. 
because the buddy buddy sales salesman or saleswoman the relationships got so far but when it came down to the the person's individual's business they were willing to switch and keep the friend on to do whatever it's they were willing to switch for the the betterment of the business oh absolutely and i think the days of the 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 back slapping handshake uh the gift of gab i think those days are pretty much gone mm-hmm. uh, i still think that the there's a lot of value and a lot of uh worth in being able to have a personal relationship but i like the term proactive selling as a challenger sale because i think that in it talks about everything you were talking about mm-hmm. of moving the process forward proactively not just based on relationship and in this in this proactive selling the the hurdle that we're going to find is you need to get inside your client's head somehow mm-hmm. and which takes need, relationships 100% you have to have the relationship because they're not going to let you inside their head or you if you don't even know them you have no opportunity to get inside their head so you, you have to develop the relationship the challenge is, is to develop the relationship you have to be able to offer them something mm-hmm. and, and you don't know what to offer them. That's true. And one more caveat to that. You have to understand their business from their perspective. And understand yours thoroughly, which I think is un- understood, but uh, yeah. you're right. You need to understand their business so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have you ever been on the end of a, a, a presentation, a webinar, and they're presenting and they're they're going through the whole spiel about how their program is all that and a bag of chips. But the one thing they missed out on, they didn't address your industry whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, it was a complete swing and a miss. I was on I was on a conference call probably about a month, two months ago. And in the call, I stopped the person. Now, mind you, there was like three or four PhDs on this call, super high level. And I stopped this person speaking. And there's like, I think there's like eight of us. I stopped the person. I said, hey, excuse me. I'm so sorry. I might be on the wrong call. I said, from my <laughs> understanding, the agenda that we initially spoke about was ABC. We're doing something totally different that's not applicable, not only to the agenda, but to my organization. Uh, what's going on? And then they said, well, tell us a little bit about what you do. And so, too late. It, well, correct. But I, I did, I took the time to explain, okay, here, here's what I do. And then from there, it spiraled so fast. And it was, we were off the phone probably within three minutes or less. You know, cordial goodbyes. It was just a very fast sprint to the finish of, wow, this is not going to work for your organization. Which really does bolster the point of taking that extra hour doing a little bit of research and at least have an understanding of what they do on a day-to-day basis or what kind of solutions you can proactively approach. In the Ascent article by Greg Richards entitled Solution Selling Doesn't Work, But There's a Better Way, he highlights some of the things that we're talking about here. The notion that the challenger rep, as Richard puts it, quote, guides them with insight through the sales process. I think that's critical. It's, it's not just selling. You walk, you walk your customer through the whole sales process, which means you're proactively taking care of all the details. 
I completely agree with that. The next one is companies start marketing early because they don't want to compete. So when we look at, you know, competing marketing versus sales, this is, it's, it's interesting, you know, in the, in this article, solution selling doesn't work. There's a better way. It, there is some speak speaking of marketing and we're marketing for early adopters. We're marketing for if somebody's trying to gain information, that's the focus of marketing. When it comes to sales, when, when salesmanship really comes in, it's when we're there trying to compete, when we're trying to compete and get them away from something and to us to be able to walk them through the whole process. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And I, I think back to an article that I read, uh, it was Lee Sauls that wrote the article. Uh, I can't remember where I read it on a website. But anyway, Lee Sauls, who's contributing in the sales and, or the media and marketing, Remember the old Coke versus Pepsi challenge? No, which one? Oh, years ago, they did a challenge where they brought in, here's to the executive, here's your Coke, here's your Pepsi, but they were blind taste test. And so now they had to decide which one they liked. I do remember. Yes. Okay. And who was the winner? It was Pepsi, wasn't it? Yeah. But, Stu, but, but, his, but point a, was, everybody thought they were drinking Coca-Cola. Yeah. Yeah, and his yeah. point was, even though they agreed, the company pretty much stayed with Coca-Cola as their internal brand, mm-hmm. not based on that one CEO's experience, but based on the other values that Coke brought into it, their uh, ease of delivery to the to the airline, mm-hmm. in this case, or the way they integrated and had shipping all covered so that there was not a lot of lag time and made it really easy for the customer to do business. It was way beyond just that one data point of which one did you prefer. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's something that proactively sales reps can really take into account is there are a lot more touch points in a sale than just price, Mm -hmm. color, or one of those superficial elements of a sale. There's a lot more that goes into it. Still important though. Oh, it's important. Still important. Mm -hmm. But it's, but it's, it probably isn't going to swing the vote in your direction. So how, Mike, how do you become a proactive seller? Well, I think for, we've talked about it a number of times, understanding their business. And that that's a, can be just as simple as taking the time to understand their call points. Who are they mm-hmm. calling on? Why are they calling on them? How often do they call on them? Is it a, is it a route sales? Is it phone sales? Is it strictly all cold calls? Is it one-time the deal is done and you're never going to talk to the customer again, or are you trying to develop a relationship and have ongoing business in the account? I think there's a lot of different variables to that. And I think that's understanding that and understanding how their business works really makes you valuable as a proactive sales representative. And validating those along the way Mm -hmm. is important. It also establishes credibility. It establishes your worth as an individual to the organization. Yeah, no question about that. Knowing the customer's needs and everything that's going on, absolutely crucial. The next is knowing your company, knowing your inside organization. You need to know what the strengths are, where the weaknesses are, what the opportunities, you know, potential threats. As you know all the behind the scenes for your company, you will become more valuable to your customer. You're going to be able to walk them through timing because there's nothing worse than selling something promising a delivery date, and then finding out as soon as you put your order through that you're on back order. 
Oh yeah. That's horrible. Yet it happens all the time. Knowing of, Hey, I'm going to try to sell you a solution and it's not ready. Or they're looking for, for features X, Y, and Z, because that's what they have in their head. They know that's going to solve their solution. Well, if I know that it's coming out, that our development team's currently working on it, I'm going to be able to have a conversation with them and, and with my client, potential customer and say, Hey, just wait, because what we have will do, or potentially will do X, Y, and Z. Give me a month, give me three months, give me six months for me to have this conversation again, to be able to provide what you're looking for. I'll take it a step further than that, Scott. Let me paraphrase it. If I come to you and you're my customer or potential customer, I say, mm -hmm. Scott, we've got this really great software idea we're going to be releasing. I think it's going to solve your problem. And you go, yeah, that sounds like a great fit. However, Scott, I really like your input as we develop it and bring it to market. Is that a hook to bring them in and have them participate in the in the process and address all their issues up front? Yes, I struggle with that though. That well, has burned me so many times. And the reason it is, is because most companies aren't equipped to change. They're not agile enough right. in their development. Right. And so unless you're working with, with a highly agile company in both the, the textbook phrase of agile or however you defined agile, but a company who's able to innovate very quickly and innovate, let's say, kind of on the fly. Most companies aren't equipped to bring on additional thoughts because everybody has a thought. And when you're not willing or ready or capable to move in the direction of your influencer, then you're basically telling the influencer, we brought you in for show because we're not going to implement any of your solutions. So could you do it? And I agree. I agree. That's asking your development team to do a lot of uh, responding mm -hmm. that may not, may or may not work industry-wide, right? Mm -hmm. How about if you did this? Scott, hey, we're releasing a new software product. I'd like your feedback on it. I don't know that we're going to be able to implement any changes or any modifications in this iteration, but we'd like to see and develop for the next release. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Keep them engaged. Yeah. In, or taking it and saying, here's what I foresee is going to solve your solution. I want mm -hmm. you to be one of the first to take a look at it, to yeah. see if I'm on the right track, to see if really this is what is going to help solve your problem. Because once again, you have a solution in your mind. I think I'm understanding it correctly. And to verify the communication, I want to show you what I think is the solution that you're thinking of. And so putting that, those service pieces, that proactive piece of we're not ready. I think I have the piece that's, that's going to be your solution in your head. Allow me to proactively put all these pieces together. And I think there's a lot of value in having the customer be part of that process and journey. It helps them buy into your proposed solution long-term if it's mm -hmm. meeting what they're doing and brings them along for the ride, so to speak. It helps establish your relationship. It helps you drive better solutions for them because it's what they already have in mind mm -hmm. and just helps you deliver and drive the process further down the road. 
There's a Harvard Business Review article in May of 2008 by Werner Reinhardt and Wolfgang Ulaga. It's how to sell services more profitably. And once again, they're talking about services as a service industry. Mm-hmm. There is bleed over. And this is one of those where I think it's very beneficial. It says, once manufacturers have learned how to sell and deliver services in a cost-efficient way, they can move towards addressing customers' problems and processes holistically. This means shifting focus from their process, incentives, and structure to those of the customer. Proactive sales. Proactive sales, it, it needs to come just from... It needs to come from the rep. It also needs to come from the company itself. So if you're manager or executive listening, making sure you're incentivizing your sales as a proactive seller, not a relationship builder, which is dead, or a solutions seller, which is also dead, or a product salesman, which is also dead. Maybe not dead, but certainly dying. (laughs) (laughs) Outdated, outdated, highly outdated. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so in this in the same article, Reinhardt and Olaga found that solving the customer services service needs becomes more complex, and results just don't end with the sale of the product, but that the result, but but the results that the product provides. So it's all about the product's lifespan. That's where the sale comes through. That's where that salesperson mm-hmm. is going to shine. It's when that whole life cycle of the product. So this is where the sales, the service sale really becomes important or proactive sales really becomes important. Um, Also the challenger rep, the person, the rep who's able to ask questions for the office, help push them in in a new discovery. That's where we're seeing new levels of sales come in. All right. You've almost got me convinced. So the next time we talk, you're going to get into the uh how you get to the proactive sales status, correct? <laughs> we can definitely do that. We can definitely do that. One thing that's going to come out of proactive sales, you will get more referrals. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's when you start getting referrals, that's that, it, that, that goes beyond relationship selling, that goes beyond product selling. It's... It's whomever you're selling to says, I have this problem. I am good friends with so-and-so and they've shared with me, they have this same problem or this type of problem. They Here's the solution they have. When you start getting referrals, that's when you know you're a really good proactive seller. And that's, that's great insight because not only do you get more referrals, but you'll also start stirring the pot in the industry and mm-hmm. other companies will see what you're doing and then they start to go, wait a minute. We need that kind of solution in our company. And they start doing a little bit of digging to find out who's doing the proactive sales, we'll call it. It's always fun when a competitor calls you and says, you need to stop. Or whether they, <laughs> whether you know, when they start spreading rumors about you to try to discredit you, that's when you know you're on the right track is when, when things start seeming, wow, my competition doesn't like me. That's perfect. You're doing your job. You're getting in there. You're disrupting. That's crucial. I still need to go back because developing the relationship is a challenge. Developing mm-hmm. the relationship from nothing to something to try to understand the solution that the customer has in his or her head, that's still a gap. And that's still why you need to reach out to other people 
whether it's your management, whether if your manager reaching out, helping out, having some sort of connection to bridge that gap, that's really going to speed up your sales. So that, I think that's another topic that we can address next week because there is a way to do that. And there is a way to kind of shorten the learning curve in a new industry or the industry that you've been in for years, but you're really struggling to understand it from the customer's perspective. Because mm -hmm. most sales reps are really good at the world through my lenses, but not the world through their customer's lens. And so there's a way to, a way to kind of shift the gears a little bit and shift the paradigm and look at it. I think we can talk about that. As we talk about being a proactive seller, one thing that we'll also talk about in the future is you need to become a marketer. You need to find out a way through social media to become a, an actual marketer. So in this selling podcast episode, we spoke about how to become that rep that you need to become, how to become the proactive seller, how to become a, a not a solution seller or product seller, but really how to become that service minded seller, proactive seller, proactive seller. And it's not sitting back, waiting for things to happen. It's not dropping things off. That's not the service. That's not the taking care of all the details that we're talking about. We're talking about being a proactive seller, going out there and really addressing how your product internally is going to work in your customer's mind that they already have a solution for. Mike, one thing that we love Mobile Coach for, Mobile Coach, as we talk about marketing, we talk about taking care of those all those proactively taking care of those steps. As a, as a proactive seller, I want to take care of all those steps that are I know potentially could be on the horizon. You're still going to have many questions, comments, whatever it might be of that the typical day-to-day -day stuff. If you can push those off towards the mobile coach and the mobile coach, you know that chat bot can help answer a lot of those questions. It frees up your time to become the proactive seller that you want to become. So once again, super excited to be teamed up with the mobile coach and allowing them to take care of a lot of the minutia to allow us to become the proactive sellers. Now, Mike, if the, when they go to mobile coach and want to sign up, what do they need to do? Go to mobilecoach.com and just uh, either send Vince, a, Vince on who's been on the show, uh, send him a quick email or mention that you heard about them on the selling podcast. And I think Vince may have some kind of discount or something in there for you. I don't remember what it was. It sounds so professional. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, we, we are professional. We're very polished here. Uh, we do this all the time. <laughs> Hold on. Now let me look. I'm going to see what he's got. And by the way, mobile coach is going to be integrating with Salesforce pretty soon. So watch for that. And we'll, we'll be sure we publish a, a link and a, a connection for that. But that's something you want to look at if you're in, if you're using a CRM. Check out the description below the link below for the mobile coach discount code. You'll find yeah, that in our description below. Yeah. Or just go to mobilecoach.com. That's a great company. Easy to understand. Great tool. Tell Vince we sent you. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Once again, thanks so much for joining this episode of The Selling Podcast as we talk about proactive selling. Until next week, have a great one. Thanks, guys.